This is Run It Back with R.J. Broadhead. The Tiger Cats are coming off their second bye week of the season. In case you're wondering, the final bye for the Tiger Cats doesn't come until the second last week of the regular season. So that could be good timing. We'll have to wait and see. Welcome to Run It Back. I'm R.J. Broadhead. The Tiger Cats last played on Saturday, August the 5th. They lost at home to Montreal 27-14. It's the second time the Ticats have lost to Montreal at Tim Hortons Field. They play the Owls one more time before the playoffs, and that's in the final game of the regular season. The main takeaway here is that Montreal has already won the season series against Hamilton, so time will tell whether or not that will affect the standings down the road. The game started rough for the Ticats on the very first possession. Taylor Powell was sacked and fumbled the football. Montreal recovered. The Owls moved the ball to the Hamilton 19, but Richard Leonard picked off a pass from Cody Fajardo to avoid giving up any points. Leonard had two interceptions in the game and leads Hamilton with three picks this season. After a scoreless first quarter, the Ticats scored their lone touchdown of the game in the second quarter. James Butler ran four yards for his team-leading fourth touchdown of the season. Mark Leggio made a field goal and missed one, and the Ticats led 11-3 after two quarters. That eight-point lead was their biggest halftime lead of the season. It was the third time in four games that Hamilton led at the half, but it was the first time they didn't turn that halftime lead into a victory. The third quarter started well when Simone Lawrence sacked Cody Fajardo and forced a fumble that Trey Crawford recovered. Simone had a big game to go along with the forced fumble. He had his first quarterback sack of the season and a game-high 11 tackles. The expectations are high, and I know what the city wants and what the city needs. And so it's just one of those things where, like, the only way you can lead right now is leading by example, and that's by pr- production. And you just got to, like, put things in perspective and stay in your own little bubble, you know what I mean? We're in a league where three of the teams are going to go to the playoffs, right? Yeah. And um, right now, if the playoffs would happen, we would be in there, you know what I'm saying? And that's all you ask for is an opportunity. But that doesn't mean that we don't want to go out and win the rest of these games and put ourselves in position to get a home playoff game because you know how our fans are in the playoff time, especially. That's going to be a fun one. And I feel like in this back half of the season, like you're really going to see everybody elevate and get comfortable with each other and put up even more ridiculous numbers and translate into some wins. After that takeaway, the Ticats took over on the Montreal 20-yard line. They got the ball to the four, but they couldn't punch it in and had to settle for a field goal. That increased the Ticats' lead to 14-3 early in the third quarter. However, the Ticats would not score another point after that. Montreal scored 24 unanswered points, including two fourth-quarter touchdowns that snapped the Hamilton defense streak of over seven quarters without allowing a major. Here's Simone. So we just got to, like, stay locked in, like I said. Like, it's just a couple of plays in the game. Like, we went freaking, I don't know how many uh, quarters without our team scoring a touchdown on us <laughs> and until that last game. So, you know, we just got to keep, keep, keep staying locked in. Coach O knows how long it was without allowing a touchdown. We went, that was seven and a half quarters or seven quarters anyway without giving up a touchdown. And you'd like to extend the lead in between there. And then obviously they made their plays um, and, and made more than we did. You know, they were chipping away with the field goals. 
and we weren't able to answer with field goals to keep the deficit uh, the where it was or, or score touchdowns. So you got to credit them for making way more plays than we did in the fourth quarter. You know, definitely proud of the effort. I think you're always going to see the football team playing hard. We just have to be better at our execution. We are three and five, uh, looking to be four and five at, at the midway point. And, you know, we're just going to embrace that. And I think we have a good idea of where we're at. We definitely know where we need to improve. And part of that is just consistency of lineup. And if we can get that, it'll give us a better opportunity. But with that being said, we had op- we've had we been in every football. I think every game that we've been a part of, it's at some point during the game, it's been a one-score game, and that includes against two of the top teams in the league. And we've found a way to close out a couple of close games. So you definitely got to win while you're figuring yourself out, and sometimes that takes time, and uh, we're just looking forward to Edmonton. The Titans cancel allowed 135 yards rushing against Montreal. It's the seventh time in eight games that the Titans have allowed 100 or more rushing yards. Here's what Simone and Kojo had to say about that statistic. I feel like it's not like nothing that they're just running the ball consecutively. Even if you look at the Montreal game, they're not getting like seven yards a carry, eight yards a carry. It's those one or two times in the game where one person's out of position and they pick up like 40 yards or they pick up 60 yards. So it's like we got to be locked in the whole game because they're picking up a bunch of yards within one play and you know you just can't have explosions like that other than that we're stopping it we've had people corralled and then we've given them a 40-yard run late in the late in the, the game i.e montreal did that uh, edmonton had a, a a big run late in the game so i think it's not everything's not equal and then obviously you got to add in quarterback rushing yards so uh, when you play in a team like ottawa with crumb you know, that's just part of their game plan. So that all goes down as rushing yards also. So um, I would say those that contributes to it. And other other times, you know, we, we let's say well, we got to be better tacklers. I think we've contained it well enough to be in ball games, but we definitely hasn't, haven't corralled it like we have in previous seasons so far. It was the third straight game where the Ticats were held under 20 points. The Ticats managed only one first down in the second half. That came on their first possession two minutes into the third quarter. So the Ticats went the final 28 minutes of the football game without any first downs. Following the 27-14 loss, the Tiger Cats decided to make a change, mutually agreeing to part ways with offensive coordinator Tommy Condell and elevating Scott Milinovic from senior assistant coach to call the plays on offense. Orlando Steinauer, who has a record of 34-24 and as the head coach of the Ticats, had Tommy Condell as his offensive coordinator through those seasons that included two trips to the Grey Cup and never missing the playoffs. It was a difficult move for Coach O to make. Well, the bye week um, is usually an enjoyable time. I have to admit that that was uh, my roughest time in coaching. And, you know, not exactly enjoyable at all. And, you know, I can't really say enough great things about Tommy and what he's meant to the organization. And obviously then it goes deeper with the friendship and and the relationship since 2013. So, um, you know, I really can't say enough great things about Tommy and just his commitment and helping me be where I'm at. Uh, With that being said, when you can bring in somebody uh, of the ilk, if you will, of, of Scott, first of all, you're bringing in an awesome person, somebody who's going to be um, extremely prepared knows exactly what he wants to do Uh, the challenge with that RJ is that you know you you can't do that in in a three-day prep week like you're not going to you can't overhaul an offense because what that ends up doing is overloading your people 
or our players on offense, and you can't do that. So uh, because Scott is familiar a little bit with our personnel and he was still watching all of our practices and was a part of it, he still wasn't here day to day and also doesn't know Taylor that well. So uh, I can just tell you that he's prepared, our staff will be prepared, our players will be prepared, and our offense is going to evolve from week to week moving forward. So how much change will we see in the Thursday game against the Elks? Here's Scott Milinovich on his plans for the game. I think you have to be smart about it. Um, Fortunately, I've I've been in this situation before. You can't make too many changes and expect your guys to to know what to do and be able to play fast. So we'll pick a a few things each week maybe that we can add or tweak. And then uh, in the meantime, we're going to have to uh, execute what we know. I think the thing... That's the most important for us at this point is limiting the turnovers, limiting the penalties. And if you don't get yourself in those situations, if you don't have the long yarded situations because of penalties, you're on the field longer and I think more explosives happen. So I think that's where we start. We've got 25 turnovers, I think, over eight games. We've got to limit that and we're like not very good in the penalties offensively either. So those are the two things we're focused on the most. Milinovic most recently spent time as the quarterback's coach with the Indianapolis Colts. He previously held that same role with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's been a head coach in the CFL with Edmonton and Toronto, winning the Grey Cup in 2012 with the Argos. That team had an all-star coaching staff that included current CFL head coaches Orlando Steinauer, Mike O'Shea, Chris Jones, and Jason Moss. Here's Scott Malinovich on his previous role with the Ticats. I was in Florida. I was kind of, I was almost working scout-like. So I was working a week ahead on the, the team that we'd be playing. Like, so for whoever we got next week, I think BC, right? I would have been working on BC this week so that after the game was over, I spoke, I basically had a meeting with Gibby and then I had a meeting with Tommy and just kind of tell him what I saw. Just, hey, I like this formation. Maybe we can work at this guy, you know, stuff like that. But I think the biggest benefit was I not only got to see our team, but I saw everybody. You get a little bit of a, a bigger picture of what's working well in the league right now and how teams are trying to attack different defenses. So that was a benefit for sure. And my goal right now is to win this game by one point. That's it. Find a way to win. We'll get better. I know this over the next 10 weeks. But right now, in the meantime, we've got to find a way to win. The Ticats play their ninth game of the season on Thursday at home against Edmonton. This will take the Ticats to the halfway point of the season. Still lots of time, and in my conversations with the players and coaches, we can expect much better things in the second half of the season. The only two Thursday games of the season have been against Edmonton. Thursday at Tim Hortons Field, game time is 7.30. Lots of information coming up on the Ticats Audio Network over the next few days. It should be exciting to see if the Ticats can put up some points again against the Elks. They won the previous meeting 37-29. to That's the most points the Ticats have scored in a game this season. Remember, you can hear the game on the Ticats Audio Network. The pregame show with Andy Fantuz, Bubba O'Neill, and guests starts at 6.30. Luke Tasker and I will have the call at 7.30. This has been Run It Back with R.J. Broadhead. If you like what you're hearing, give us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your audio content.